TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Good afternoon, good evening, wherever it is, whenever it is that you are listening to us. Welcome to another episode of A Change in Attitude. I am one third of your tag team trifecta, Ori. And of course, I am joined, as always, by the wonderful gentleman, the the smoking guns to my sonny, um, Mags and Tanner. Don't give me that look, Mags. No, I mean, I don't I, know. I, I'm just thinking off the top of my head here. I love the comparison. <laughs> the worry is which one of us is is Billy and which one of us is is Bart. I, I already claimed Bart last week. That's perfectly fine Ooh. with me. Uh, you can you can be you can be Billy. Uh, <laughs> I think that's a big ass man. Oh Lord! Bam, bam. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so just for reference. We're recording in the morning again, and I'm not a morning person, so today's going to be a real interesting podcast, guys. Yeah, <laughs> we got to stop I mean, doing is, these morning shows. Oh, I love it. I I really do love it. Um, <laughs> just because this, this is this is a uh, this is where this is where I thrive is the chaos of a morning show. <laughs> I, I guess. Lucky for me, it's early afternoon. So yeah. mm, look at me. Fuck you all. Ooh, look at me, I'm in the UK. It's early afternoon. I'm gonna have an early afternoon whiskey. <laughs> Two episodes in a row you have intimated that I am a raging alcoholic. Wow. You're you are the Jerry Lawler of this podcast. I take back the fact that you're carrying us. You are now the Jerry Lawler. <laughs> Tea time and crumpets. Mm-hmm. What? The f- what are you as well? So next week's episode of a change attitude will be just me on my own. <laughs> After these parents, <laughs> assholes. It's, it's only because you're wearing the Yankees hat, and I, I just have to get one in on you. Just, just and I, I wore it on purpose because it offended you. Yeah, I know. So, yeah. so, so now we're even. So, all right. for tat. It is off the rails already, guys. Oh my uh, gosh! I, I love you, Magsy. No, you're, 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 you're... fuck off, Tana. <laughs> I can't breathe. <coughs> oh god, y'all are killing me. It's too early for this shit. And of course, by early we mean ten o'clock where mm. we are. But it's too early for this. All right. Let's jump in there. Um, We are covering Raw from Wheeling, West Virginia. It is live. This is, if you are following along on the Peacock, the Peacock app, season four, episode 33 of Raw. Um, Biggest change so far. uh, We have King and JR on commentary. As per somewhat usual, it's kind of an on and off thing. But we got Kevin Kelly on commentary. Mm -hmm. And... I thought that was good. So no Vince, no Vince this week. Yeah, it, it felt weird not hearing what a maneuver and, um, <laughs> and King, will you stop? 
Welcome to Monday Night Raw. I mean, we still got a little bit of King Will You Stop from JR, honestly. Ooh, he, he was very sparse in this episode. Yeah, he, he they both were toward each, each other. Yeah, they, they weren't putting up with each other's shit. No. Mm. Which, I mean, how much of that? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to go there. But we had the opening match for the Sudden Death Intercontinental t- Tournament for... Mm-hmm. The now vacant IC championship vacated by Gorilla Monsoon from Ahmed Johnson because of all the kidney injuries that we've talked to death. Um, Mm -hmm. Owen Hart versus British Bulldog. Decent match. There was a lot of static during the match. And they kept attributing that to, could it be the power of The Undertaker? Is he really gone? And then from there, we get Sonny out at ringside on commentary, talks about Jim Cornette not being there. And eventually we do get Jim Cornette uh, in a kind of picture-in-picture type deal, saying that he's not out there because he couldn't pick sides. It's like picking between two of your children, um, that Camp Cornette is in a crossroads, and that Yokozuna, who is scheduled for the main event uh versus Shawn Michaels that night has been brought in by Jim Cornette that he is firmly in the camp Cornette corner. And so um, I felt it was a good match. Uh, We, we got eventually um, Davey boy thrown out and Owen got a win via count out. And then Sonny, he tried to look up my dress and she threw a, Think cup of mm. coke at him or what have you, and it go mm. and then Cornette's eventually out there mm. calling um, Sunny a promiscuous lady, asking her to back off, saying that he's doing the same thing that Clarence Mason was. Um, Sunny at one point even called Jr. Fatso, mm-hmm. which wasn't very nice. Nope. And uh, yeah, what did what did we think of uh, this? Just felt like like. Like chaos, but good chaos, kind of like mm. the start of our show. What what did we think about this, Tanner? Oh well, first off, uh, country roads take me home to the place West right? Virginia. What? West Virginia. Oh Lord. Uh, yeah. No, uh, I had to had to slip that in here. Uh, what I was of really looking for. <laughs> what I was really looking forward to here in this episode was a a a compare and contrast, really. Uh, because, uh, just to kind of make sure, I mean, just a little peek behind the scenes here. Uh, I mean, we're coming off the back of Summer, not SummerSlam, Money in the Bank 2020. We're about to head into SummerSlam going in this direction here. 2021, sir. 2021, whatever. Uh, I've lost track of time. It's fine. We lost a whole year. We know where we are. We just don't feel like we're actually there at this point. Especially when we're all facing potential second lockdowns like no nobody knows nobody understands we're just mm-hmm. here yeah. i mean we we had to deal with all that on radio techers with euro 2020 even though it was in fact in 2021 so i yes. get the uh, i get the confusion uh anywho we we are uh here here in 2021 we're steamrolling our way towards SummerSlam, uh coming off the back of money in the bank and um obviously here uh, in this uh, change in attitude timeline, we're in, we're in, you know coming off the back of coming off the back of SummerSlam 1996 itself. Mm-hmm. So you know we're we're kind of right in the middle of here, and I was like, man, this would be an interesting way to compare maybe how you know Money the Bank and its fallout has come versus the SummerSlam fallout of a change in attitude. How's it gonna look? 
And um, yeah, th this this was actually I felt a really decent opening segment. I was a little bit confused because I was like, aren't we supposed to have like an intercontinental title tournament or what's going on with that? And then they're talking about doing this tournament for the, I think the, um, like a WWF title shot, I think is what this is. Is that what this one is or is this the intercontinental? No, the, the, this opener was for the, uh, the intercontinental title. The, the match, okay. the, the four right. way later on is to take mm -hmm. Ahmed's spot for, for winning, uh, the battle rail that got him a, a title shot that should have happened on this show the, the night after SummerSlam. Okay, right. perfect. Because that's that's where my confusion was. Because I, I felt as though that wasn't really explained very well. But the silver lining, ba bam, was. But they had they had a whole tournament breakdown title card. Did uh, did you completely miss that? Well, I just I just yes. got confused as to what the context was. That's <laughs> that's that's the, what the problem was. I didn't, oh. I didn't understand what the context was. Oh, we're having this tournament, and then there's this battle yeah. royal later. What the f is it for? Yeah, I, I, yeah it was um, it was a lot. It was a lot. But British Bulldog versus Owen Hart. Good God, that was a that was a great opener. That was a great <laughs> opener. I mean, who'd have thunk it? Two members of the Hart family battling it out and having a good match, dude. This is good stuff. Yeah, not even two members of the Hart family. Two members of Camp Cornet, and this this whole show was was very Camp Cornet heavy. Uh, he, they were the the real kind of uh, the glue that held the show together, and especially Jimmy. I think he was involved in pretty much every segment on this show. Uh, but this opening match, oh, it was so good to watch. Um, there's uh, some great technical wrestling from from Owen, and you can tell that him and David have this uh, this natural chemistry because. It just flows perfectly. Uh, I love the ending. I thought it was very uh, unique. Keeps Davis looking strong because you don't really want this uh, this tag team to uh, have one weak element and one strong element. So uh, doing the the spinning heel kick to eliminate Davis um, in uh, for the count out was was a great move. The stuff with Sunny was interesting. I like the way that. Uh, uh, Cornet's uh, group seems to be the flavor of the month, and everybody wants to uh, to basically hitch their wagon to uh, different members of the of the of, of Camp Cornet. Uh, him calling Sonny a slut, yikes! That was a uh, that was on the nose, and Sonny calling Ooh. David Boy Smith a pervert and uh, saying that he stuck her hand up her skirt. Jesus, that's no uh, his head, not his hand. His, his, his oh, head. His head. He, he attempted okay. to put his head apparently up her skirt. That is some hashtag speaking out shit. If I've ever ever seen it, uh, but yeah, this match was was a glorious opening. Uh, we've had very kind of hit and miss episodes of Raw. Some have been painful to watch. This was was awesome. I love this match. It was a great match. Well, and to and to piggyback real quick, because I, I like I said, I just I just love how this raw began with this opening match. <laughs> they really did this well in in the aspect of they got that both Owen and Davy were were kind of heels, basically heels with Camp Cornette, and they had no issue turning on each other for this match and this match only because of what was at stake. You right. know, you you would, I mean. Here in the modern day, heel versus heel is a really kind of confusing thing as far as the psychology goes, and it's needlessly confusing, whereas this made complete sense. Both of these guys are going to be more than willing to stab each other in the back, at least a little bit, for this particular opportunity. Right. Absolutely. 
Yeah, it 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 made the, the way the match was set up, the way they executed it, it made perfect sense. You know, the the goal is to bring the gold home to Camp Cornette ultimately. Mm-hmm. And it's not a matter of okay, which one is is it going to be? They're you know, nobody's going to just lay down and take the pin on this one. They're going to fight it out and and dueled for the honor so to speak mm-hmm. so i thought it was a really good match i really enjoyed it um i liked the ending you know as y'all said keeping both of them strong looking good <clears throat> really well done uh, across the board for an opening match opening segment the whole nine yards um moving on we got mark henry signing autographs ringside <clears throat> excuse me as he's signing autographs um apparently we got music for someone else i thought we had bob backlin coming out honestly because i wasn't sure what was going on but apparently it was freddie joe floyd coming to the ring mm-hmm. uh, but we never got any shots of that whatsoever and well, see, he's the jobber he's well the jobber yeah. of the match. Mm-hmm. so of course it was really kind of weird to see mark henry um, not so much signing autographs because obviously he was a big star with his uh, with his uh, exploits in 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 the Olympics. But why was he on this side of the barrier? It was why would he not be uh, like in the audience? And also when he was signing the autographs, people didn't really want them because he had one in his hand and he was trying to palm it off to this uh, like a little girl and she's like, "No thanks, you keep it." Uh, right. It was it was awkward and it was clearly set up to get uh that stare down between him and Vader. Um sure. but it worked. Uh, you, you can tell that WWF were, were really pushing Mark Henry as being a, a huge star. Right. Mm-hmm. And so um yeah, I didn't even realize it was Freddie Joe Floyd until they got into the match. I mean, mm-hmm. and Vader had almost half destroyed him by then. So I mean it was it was a good squash match. The whole point of the match was basically for that Vader Mark Henry stare down. Really, mm-hmm. I, I felt like that was the whole point, just to get both of them ringside, get some face to face time. I feel like there there might have been a better way to do it, but at the same time, I think with Vader losing to Shawn Michaels at SummerSlam the night before, they really needed to reestablish his dominance as a competitor. So maybe the match was the best way to go. And I mean, Freddie Joe Floyd, he wasn't a small person, you know, so it was, it was big guy versus much bigger guy, you know, but they, they did it. And I mean, it, it was fine for what it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I think you've hit the nail on that. It's to rebuild Vader as a maybe a potential future champion uh, championship challenger again. Uh, it also gives Cornette the opportunity to uh, really hammer down um, that he thinks that Vader got screwed at SummerSlam uh, after winning the match twice and then um, not being able, not taking on the gold. So it, it keeps that fresh in everyone's mind, and we get a little promo to be able to re-watch the, the, the encore presentation of, of SummerSlam. Uh, so, yeah, it, it did exactly what it needed to do. Right. And, of course, we get the st- uh, static again. We had Cornette on commentary. We also got the li- lights flashing mm-hmm. in and out, not quite, you know, and Cornette saying, didn't y'all pay the light bill and blah, 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 which wouldn't really be WWE's, WWF's responsibility. That would be the responsibility of whoever owns the building. But, you know, it worked. 
Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. Are you looking for the newest and hottest in the world of pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 6,000 hours of the best events from over 150 of your favorite promotions from 20 different countries around the globe. Brands like Progress Wrestling, Evolve Wrestling, Combat Zone, Defy, PCW Ultra, PWX, Over the Top, Shine, and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only $5.99 per month. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. Go to powerslam.tv, promo code chairshot. Get your free month. Again, that's powerslam.tv, promo code chairshot. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. And then from there, um, well, I don't want to completely. Tanner, did you have any other thoughts about this? No, no, okay. no thoughts. Just, just, ch- <laughs> just checking. I didn't want to move on, and and you know, me and Mags have waxed lyrical, and this may be my favorite episode so far. <laughs> oh, jeez, Louise, what have I gotten myself into? What ten episodes, eight, twelve episodes in? It's been a few. I don't know where. I don't even know where I am at this point. Good grief. It's not bed, though, we're unfortunately. In, we're in Wheeling, West Virginia. Oh, gee. No, Raw was in Wheeling, West Virginia. I've never, the closest I've been to West Virginia is maybe North Carolina. That's not a thing. I've never had an urge to go to West Virginia. Please don't mm-hmm. sing again. No, sir. Okay, moving on. So we got that SummerSlam review package. <laughs> And then we got Paul Bear and Mankind out to the ring being interviewed by JR. As they're coming out, King wants Mankind to give the mandible claw to JR. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of, uh, um, maybe not hatred, but uh, discourse between the King and and JR this week. Um JR finally asked about the boiler room brawl, asked Paul Bear why. And Paul is sick and tired of being sick and tired of carrying Undertaker around the world. You know what's oh, interesting? yeah. What's interesting is that's, that Paul Bear actually executes perfectly the voice that I hear in my head every day. So, uh, yeah, so this was very well done. <laughs> <laughs> what, why are part. you? I, I have concerns I as to why you're no. hearing that voice in your head every day. I, I don't know. Uh, I've, I, I, I got hit in the head a lot as a kid. No, um, <laughs> no. He, uh, he ate a lot of paint chips. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Uh, no, I, I thought that this segment was great. I, like I said, another, another spot on segment here, and uh, I I know that I've had my history of. Uh, poo-pooing the Undertaker segments and, and, and matches and whatnot in recent history. Uh, but this was this was very, very good. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it, it kept the, the story rolling into uh, the next uh, pay-per-view when we have in Mankind and, and Shawn Michaels, uh, when he's saying he's, he will find joy in making Michaels be the least sexy boy uh, in the WWF, but also he will have joy in taking the title and ruining the lives of the millions in the clear. I thought that was really well-worded. I mean, Mick Foley is so underappreciated as, as someone on the on the mark. Uh, and then you add Paul Bearer to the mix and all the, oh, yeah, the Undertaker's dead. This is his rotting corpse and the yeah. worms and the maggots are eating his flesh and then shitting his flesh out. I don't know if they went that far. Uh, <laughs> no, I think he said spitting it out, you know, because spitting, he's so distasteful. Because, and no, no, that's two very different areas there, Mags. I have concerns about the, the UK uh, educational system and, and their teaching of anatomy, if that's what you think. Now, now, to be fair, we do not know what the life of a worm is like. It uh, could be very, um, you know. There's an in and an out. I know that. No. There's an in and an out. It, it's <laughs> That's what I hear from the scientists. That's that's what I hear. But, yeah, so it, it was a really great segment. Of course, we got the continuation of the the flashing of the lights and the static. Um JR, of course, asked uh, Mankind about the Shawn Michaels match. He says he's going to pin him, and then he's going to send him to the hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, JR is still saying that the issues are being caused by the power of The Undertaker, and Paul Bearer denies it. The Taker music hits with the gong. The mm-hmm. lights go out. Paul Bearer's in shock. And then we get the Druid music that mm-hmm. we got from SummerSlam of them carrying him out. They are carrying mm-hmm. him back in, and like Mag said... Paul's like, oh, it's it's his rotting corpse. We're gonna have a wake. They lay him on the floor. Well, not only that, he he actually not only he, he does he deny it previously, but then he takes ownership of it and he says, right. this is all part of my plan. Yeah, Ooh, yeah, yeah the, this no, is this plan. is the power of mankind. This is all my plan. Yeah, and so, um, they carry him out. Uh, Mankind says it's not him, it's his carcass. Paul Bear, of course, like Sanders says, it's his plan. He's passed away. And then, of course, we get the typical taker. He sits up, he stands up. Mm-hmm. Arms raised in victory, pyro in the corners. Mm-hmm. I mean, Everybody that, scrambles. That pyro, the pyro looked like he tried it once and it didn't work, and mm-hmm. then he had to try it again. So <laughs> maybe his powers were waning a little bit. <laughs> It could be, or the pyro person just wasn't paying attention. No, that's not that's not how this oh, works. Sorry, or... sorry, sorry. Didn't mean to pull back the curtain uh, there. Are you telling me that the Undertaker did not summon an army of undead spirits to release energy into the atmosphere, <laughs> causing the pyro to come from the corners of the ringside? That did not happen. I would never say such a thing, Tanner. And how dare you insinuate such? You're telling me he's not magical. That's Oh no! He's magical. Santa's not real. He's magical in our hearts. Wait, what? I said it's like saying that when we all know that he is real. Of course, he's real. God, what are you? What kind of monster are you, Mags? Not not Israel, but but is real. (laughs) He is real. (laughs) Santa Israel. That would be actually a cool wrestling name. That that would be. I'm going to leave y'all alone on that island. From the training camps of the Mossad. 
<laughs> you, you you can cut that part. That's not gonna make that. That's stayed. not gonna make it. Oh, of course it stays. Everything stays. Everything stays. Oh god. But yeah, everyone uh. scrambles. Take Taker goes into the ring, and that's the end of that. We get a s- promo for the Stalker, which was um, weird. Barry Wyndham. It was oh, weird. Oh, okay. But it was, but it, the stalker is Barry Wyndham. That's that's what I was getting at. Um, it it is very weird. But if you listen to now today, as you know, we are recording. It's Wednesday, July twenty first. Um, if you listen to episode, I believe it's two seventy eight of something to wrestle with with Bruce Pritchard and Conrad Thompson. They actually cover. Um, in your house nine international incident and they talk about how this came to be so i know we covered international incident recently if you want some more behind the scenes you know not to promo somebody else but Mm. if you want to hear some more behind the scenes how the stalker came to be um you can catch that out i can give you a brief synopsis basically it was just sitting around and barry windham apparently was a very avid hunter he had a bunch of acres Mm. of land Mm. um and he was sitting there talking about how, oh, I've got this hog on my land and he's eating my deer and he's eating this. And, and he he was stalking them. He was hunting them. He mm-hmm. stayed strapped with guns, but he would bow hunt and all this other co- kind of thing. And so it wasn't. So it's not going to be a thing where if like I peek out my window at about 1130, I'm going to be face to face with Barry Wyndham. No, I, I think he was hunting specifically both animals and the superstars of the WWF at the time. It's not okay. peeping Tom Stalker. It's hunter hunting prey stalker. I just want so, to make sure because I, I like to keep my windows, my blinds open sometimes, look outside. and I just want to be safe for my own you know, I, I well-being. Think, you know. I think you'll be all right. Okay. I think first you'll be all right, Tanner. The first painted... Blonde-haired Barry Windham just sat in your front garden, Tanner, just rubbing his, his With, knife on a whetstone. Right. <laughs> be, be, better than rubbing his Bow and arrow, thigh. arrow knocked, poised, well, ready. Waving. And then me, me just... Barry Windham? Is that Barry Windham? Slowly closing the blinds. <laughs> If ever there was a, a a recording that we needed to go live on, this was it, guys. Honestly, oh my mm. gosh, this is getting but, crazy. Well, on this problem, actually, I thought I I really enjoyed it. I thought the the camera uh, shot where it says "Don't always believe what you see," and then you see the stone rippling the water. I thought that was a cool shot. Uh, mm. The the way he spoke, I mean, the character. Will it go over? We'll find out over the next uh, few weeks and months. Uh, but I thought the way he kind of like, uh, introduced the character, I, I was invested straight away. Uh, he's, he's really good at kind of like selling it that he's uh, he's going to be a threat to the to the stars of the 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 WFA. He's stalking uh, the the biggest game of all the the wrestlers of the WF. So yeah, I was I thought it'd be a, it was a cool little intro to him. Was very weird to watch though. Yeah, it was strange but compelling at the same time. It's like you, you really didn't know what to make of it. It, you know, but we'll see how that unfolds as the weeks unfold. And then to clarify, this next match is the Fatal Four Way Battle Royale to take 
Ahmed Johnson's number one contender opportunity versus the WWF champion. Um, whomever wins this. And these were the last four guys that were in the previous battle Royale prior to Ahmed Johnson eliminating them. So we've got Goldust, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Psycho Sid, and Savio Vega. Mm. Psycho Sid goes out. They all gang up on Sid. He goes out immediately, comes back in in anger, chokeslams everybody. How old was he, though? How old Oh, yeah. The the crowd were ravenous for Psycho Sid. Um, Mm. Just all the way uh, to the ring, uh, even when he was getting thrown out, the crowd were just were just chanting completely for behind him. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and it almost like it makes me hate that he got out early because they could have kept that energy up. Not that there was bad energy for the rest of the match, mm. but to carry that type of energy throughout the rest of the match mm-hmm. um, would have been amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, to to extend that just a little bit longer. Um, but yeah, Sid's out first, comes back into the ring, choke slams everybody, and then finally the refs are able to get him out. Mm-hmm. Um, next we get we get what appears to be Stone Cold Steve Austin and Gold Dust teaming up against Savio Vega before eventually turning on each other mm-hmm. because, of course, it's a battle royale. Every man ultimately for himself. And and it's a call back to how they dealt with Ahmed Johnson or thought they dealt with Ahmed Johnson. Right. Hmm. Um, but eventually we get Stone Cold Steve Austin out, which he kind of ends up out twice. Like mm-hmm. they take him over the top rope and over by the commentary table. And maybe he's out. Maybe he's not. We, we got at least, I believe, one foot on the floor, and the ref's trying to say he's out, but he slides back in, and then Savio Vega slingshots him over on the opposite side, and he's definitely out by that point. Mm-hmm. Of course, he also tries to go – he gets back in the ring just like Sid did, um, attacks Savio Vega, and then finally, once again, they're able to get him out of the ring, but he is very clearly and understandably upset. So, after that, it's Gold Dust and Savio Vega. It was all right. It was meh. And then eventually, Gold Dust takes Savio Vega out, and we'll have him on a special edition of Champion- Championship Friday on Friday, September sixth, um, and where he will meet Shawn Michaels. Mm. Mm-hmm. Correct thoughts. Mags. Okay, so you can tell that this was a booking on the fly. This wasn't meant to happen. Obviously, we were meant to have Ahmed versus Shawn Michaels. Um, so I think that is uh, that's kind of like displayed in how quick this match was uh, for for such an important uh, match. It lasts what seven minutes, maybe. No, it's um, not very long. No, um, Sid uh, going out um, first, I, I get uh, Ori's kind of like trepidation about it, but for me it makes sense uh, because I don't think you want um, Sid versus Michaels yet. That's a that's not a Raw match, that's a pay-per-view match, I would have thought. So that makes sense. Um, he got a massive, massive crowd pop, which I thought was, was really cool. Uh, Austin, it, it, I think... He wasn't really meant to get eliminated that first time. Uh, I think he did touch the, the floor and um, then got back into the ring, and uh, that was probably the way he was meant to be eliminated. 
once it got to Savio and Goldust, though, I, I felt it really slowed down and the pace was, it, it, it got quite tedious. Um, we get uh, Goldust going for the curtain call, uh, Savio landing that beautiful spinning heel kick, uh, and then charges for Goldust, uh, only to be uh, took over the, the thrown over the top rope, which I thought was a, a really weird. You had your guy essentially uh, on the ropes. You all you needed to do was lift him and throw him over. I don't think you needed to essentially eliminate yourself. But uh, it started hot, cooled down a little bit. It did what it needed to do. Six minutes of of, of action, um, but yeah, it's ultimately forgettable. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the lineup as you described previously, Megs, you see, I mean, the instant standouts would be Psycho Sid and Stone Cold, but obviously too early for Psycho Sid. They're going to want to play that out a little bit longer, especially considering how over Psycho Sid was when he first came out. And Stone Cold had, uh, I mean, he's still uh, probably about six months away from really starting to hit that stride that we start to begin to know him for. Um, So with that, it's like, okay, well, do you go with Savio Vega or do you go with Goldust? Goldust, there's at least a little bit of intrigue there. Uh, the sexy boy versus the creepy boy, you know, that could work, I, I guess. Um, but, uh, yeah, um, it will it would be interesting to see Savio Vega and Shawn, not Shawn Michaels, I guess. Not not taking anything away from Savio Vega. I, just, I, guess, I guess, like, it was kind of one of those weird things where it's like, okay, well, you were trying to make up for Ahmed Johnson and his injury, but we can't just give it to Gold Dust. We have to do something to facilitate it to make sense. I, here we are. Yeah, I. I mean, who did it come down to in the original? It was it was Gold Dust and and, and Ahmed and mm. Ahmed. So yeah, I mean, in theory, they could have given it to to Gold Dust. But I mean, the fun in that. You gotta, yeah, you gotta, well, you gotta, yeah, you're, you gotta give us something, right? Well, Vincent, have, he's gotta give us the match. They, they have seven minutes of time to fill. <laughs> Unless I we want to have Paul Bear in the ring. Oh, it's the worms. Holy <laughs> Oh, Goldust deserves that title match. <laughs> They should have just put oh, Paul Bear on commentary. That, that would have... I, I would love for uh, just an episode of Raw where it's, oh my God, what a maneuver. <laughs> oh my God. King, will you stop? It's Sonny. This is so off the rails. I can't even. Oh, oh my God. Brilliant. I, I don't even know what I'm doing anymore. <laughs> Oh my god. All right. So after so that was that. Um after that we get a promo from Jim Cornette, a very sweaty Jim Cornette backstage because the man did not need a workout that day because he got it plenty within the forty six minutes that was this raw. He was back and forth everywhere and it clear clearly showed um talking about yokozuna and everything else that had been going on and then of course we get yokozuna to the ring by himself um and then sean michaels out it was 
I don't know how to feel about this match, guys, because it, it was very, I mean, Yokozuna looked big, dominant, slightly unbeatable, even with Shawn Michaels being the champ. I mean, Shawn Michaels goes for that initial pin, and it's like, how do you pin this guy? Especially uh, for a smaller guy like Shawn Michaels. I mean, Yokozuna's huge. I mean, uh, Michaels is essentially a third of his weight. Yeah. I'll, right. I'll agree, I'll agree with you to the point where he looked big. He definitely yeah. looked beatable. Um, they quoted him at being about 650 pounds earlier in the show, and I think that was being awfully generous because this was the point of Yoko Zuna's career where he was just like, the weight was really out of control. Um, he looked very slow and sluggish. Sean was running circles around him. Um, it's just... Yeah, well, we, we haven't on this show. We haven't actually seen any of uh, of uh, Yokozuna, and that's because he'd been put into uh, essentially into rehab multiple times. He was told by uh, Vince and the team at the ref he needed to lose the weight. Uh, he apparently had gained around two hundred and fifty pounds from his debut to to essentially now. Uh, yeah, he was he was not in a good way at all. Uh, there was a, a point uh, in around two thousand uh, in around nineteen ninety four where he uh, was sent away to lose some weight, and he came back and he he gained a hundred pounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, he was, this was uh, was not a good looking uh, Yorkshire. He was tired uh, coming to the ring. He was gassed during the match. I mean, this match only went four minutes, four and a half minutes max. Uh, and he was absolutely beat by the end of the match. Um, he still, I mean, he was still a specimen. He still looked like a, a massive attraction. Uh, but the, this was all Shawn Michaels carrying this match. It was, uh, mm. um, if if it would have been anybody else, this would have been the turd in the punch bowl for this show. Uh, Michaels at least made it look look like a passable match. Yeah, uh, and, and and but but see at the same time the match only went about four minutes, just just over four minutes before Sean hits him with the sweet chin music, right? And yeah, you know it's it's Yokozuna. Yeah, he's a he's a massive attraction, uh, but Sean made really quick work of him, and yeah. I would have thought. You know, with Yoko being a former champion, being so dominant earlier in his career, that you'd have Sean on the ropes for a big part of it, and uh, that that didn't happen. Uh, Sean mm-hmm. was very much in control for a large portion of the match, um, and and yeah. I don't, I don't but okay, so let me let me just throw this out there. Okay, mm-hmm. I am considered obese for my height and my weight okay there is a history of obesity in my family um i've have quite a few family members who have had gastric sleeve surgery and have lost tons of weight um i think we've talked about how my husband has also had the gastric sleeve and is now in the gym four days a week and has lost over 120 pounds when that's awesome it, it is, and I'm very, and this is, it's all him, you know. I, I can't take any credit for it other than saying he says he wants to do this. I'm like, babe, you go and do, you know. Well, you know, if you need a trainer, we'll pay for a trainer. And he and he does. He has a trainer that sends him workouts, and 
he goes to the gym and on his own and just gets them done. Mm. And I'm super proud of him. Mm. Um, but when you are upwards of four and 500 pounds and, you know, like Mag said, that Yokozuna is clearly over 600 at this point. Um, or no, yeah. you had said that Tanner. Yeah. I, th- um, I think he, he was probably, if I'm recalling the documentary that WWE did correctly, they were, they were billing him at about 650, but he was probably closer to maybe seven or 750. Yeah. When you hit the, those numbers of 400 plus, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, you just look at his legs, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. You, it's so hard to move your, oh, yeah. your cardio is just not there. And so trying to, trying to move period is mm-hmm. very, very difficult and mm-hmm. y- you get winded so easily. So right. overheated so easily, you know, and it's, it's difficult. It's very difficult. Mm-hmm. So for, to have anything longer than a four minute match mm-hmm. was probably physically impossible for Z- Yokozuna at that point. And no, for him for to sure. have come out and, and do what he did, the, the weight of the match and making it look good was on Sean really. And, and yeah. he carried that and did very well, but I still have to give Yokozuna some credit for coming out there and putting forth as much as he was able to do. You know, no, ab- you can't take that from yeah. him at all. Well, yeah, and I, and I, I'm not trying to take anything away. No, from you, no, and I'm not suggesting um, that you are. But like at at, I I feel actually kind of bad for him in this scenario because they did force him to come back early. They needed star power, and they felt Yokozuna was a, was was what they needed uh, to kind of just you know trying to elevate some of the other guys on the roster. But they they sent him on a mission to lose the weight. He came back heavier, um, which is is not good. They didn't give him an opportunity to work more on that, or 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 give him, I guess the, I, I, I don't know if it's it's trainers or a plan or uh, some further help. I guess right. than what he than what he got. Um, they just said, hey, go and you know do this, do these matches. And that that really kind of bums me out because I, I've also been a guy who, in my life, I've I've certainly struggled with my weight. You know, uh, as far as I've gotten I've gotten very big. I, I became incredibly skinny as a teenager. I've you know my weight's been all over the place uh, yeah. through, throughout my life, and so I definitely get where you're coming from as far as mobility. And you know, once you get to a certain size, yeah, things get a lot harder to do. Uh, I can only I can. Uh, I can't even imagine really what Yokozuna had to go through physically in that ring with Shawn Michaels. I guess the greater point is you could have gotten Yokozuna on that day. You could have seen him and been like, we got to have a different plan, right? Yeah. Well, not only that, because he actually was on the the free-for-all for SummerSlam. Uh, we yeah. get clip, clips of it uh, in, a, in a match against uh, Steve Austin, and he actually... When he goes for the banzai drop, his, his, his finisher move, the 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 top rope actually snaps under his weight, uh, which uh, is um, how Stone Cold is able to to get the victory. So he was clearly um, not match ready, uh, not ready for, for for TV. So to have him come on, uh, I I think I agree with you, Tan. I think um, they could have maybe looked at someone else on the roster and and, and switched him out, but. 
on the same on 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 the flip side, they had promoted that Yokozuna was was going to be on these shows, uh, and he is a big attraction. They've yep. lost Nash. They've lost. Uh, they've lost uh, um, Razor Scott Hall. They need big stars. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Bret Hart is a few months away from coming back. Um, they they needed Ultimate an attraction. Warrior fell off. Yeah. Well, exactly. So <laughs> it, it it was literally just using whatever they had available to them at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and unfortunately for for Yoko, it it was at his worst time health wise, and it, it just wasn't a good look for him at all. Yeah, it, it's it's. It's sad. Yeah, it really and, is. And to kind of really kind of nail that point home, this is actually the last time we ever see him on on Raw. Um, I think he he'll, he shows up at, at SummerSlam, uh, at Survivor Series uh, later in the year, uh, and then that's him done with the WWE uh, for the rest of his career. Hmm. Well, halfway through this match, Jim Cornette finally does come out yet again. Hits Lothario with the tennis racket and takes him out. Like, and I get it. Jim's kind of trying to assert his own dominance here, but at the same time, it's like Jose's not going to get involved unless he has to. You know, if someone else on the outside is getting involved, and so it's just kind of Jim flexing his muscle. I guess, mm-hmm. you know, try, trying to, I guess maybe in some ways Jim is trying to, because we have Clarence Mason coming out and, and scoping the field and providing backup. And now we've got Sonny coming out and, oh, if it was my guys, it doesn't matter who it is. I'd be here for him. You know, I guess mm-hmm. in a way it's, it's Jim trying to further solidify his place with his own camp yeah that he is you know okay i've brought yokozuna back and he's in camp cornet so i'm going to show that i'm here for him when he mm-hmm. was kind of uh behind the ball you know he wasn't really on the mark for owen versus davy boy he was missed at points during SummerSlam, so trying to get that i guess you know trying to make himself look good well mm-hmm. yeah i mean there's a every time i see jim Cornette, it reminds me in this period at least it reminds me of that there's a trope in comic books where there's the villain who's really brainy and he's kind of like the puppet master but once you get past all of his puppets he's actually kind of just a weakling um you know he, he's just the guy who pulls the strings uh, along jim Cornette's very much that guy um you know he's you know <laughs> jose lothario just has knocked him out week in week out for you know what the last month or so um he, yeah it's been he, glorious yeah uh i mean that's that's what you that's what you pay for as the fan is man i, I you know some people might be like oh i want to go see Shawn michaels or i want to go see the undertaker there's probably a lot of people there who are like i just want to see jim Cornette get shut mm-hmm. up yeah. 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 And, but that was his character, you know, and you love to hate him. And when you understand that psychology, you know, he, he doesn't like, we, 
we all know my issues with Cornette, but when the man is given a job to make people hate him, he does a great job. Mm. Just yeah. still does a great job making and, people hate him. And the know. way the the way the whole storyline and the whole show was built around him trying to juggle all these balls in the air and and not being able to, uh, not not knowing who to focus on, uh, wanting to get uh, his hands on one of his uh, clients, his hands on on gold, and it and it kind of uh, uh, all falling flat. I thought that was a really well told story all the way through the show, and it does kind of lead into the. Okay, is there trouble in Camp Cornette? Is Camp Cornette falling apart? Are we about to see the disillusion? Yeah, um, not disillusion. Maybe disillusion. Is that the word I'm looking for? The oh, uh, of camp. Yeah, the the dissolving of Camp Cornette. And so there is disillusion, which will cause the dissolve of Camp Cornette. There we go. <laughs> I don't know. Nailed Too many it. similar D words. Alliteration is not my strong suit most days. <laughs> but of course, Michaels finally gets the win, pulls the leg up, and that was the show. Uh, I mean, that was pretty much it. What did we think of the show overall? Is it worth the rewatch or skip it? Um, I feel like if you rewatch this Raw... It should be for um, Owen versus Davey. I mean, that's I, that's why I would rewatch it personally. Um, well, you did. I mean, and, and the, and <laughs> would you rewatch um, it again? Um, would maybe. you suggest it to watch to other people? Is it worth? Is it worth your Peacock subscription? Yeah, I would. I would say definitely. If you, if you're a wrestling historian and you want to go and check it out, I would say the the Owen, so basically just Jim Cornette. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, <laughs> o, o, Owen versus Davey and the Undertaker segment were very very well done, and uh, to, you know just just skip the main event because it'll make you sad. I mean, it, you do you do make a lot of good points, but I actually you, wasn't sad until we talked about it. Honestly. If you're listening to this episode, definitely go and watch it because then you'll know all the context of, uh, of of what we're talking about. And if you're not listening yes. to this episode, <laughs> how can how can I explain it to you? Because you're not listening. Um, right. Start mm. listening and then watch it. But for me, I love this row. I think it's one of the better rows that we've watched in this uh, in this uh, journey we've we've gone on so far. You can really kind of see. Um, the the change from the the early ones that we watched, and uh, you can mm. see the the direction that WWE are trying to go to. It's still got that that kind of like early nineties, uh, late eighties vibe to it, but you can see that the uh, the wheels turning over in WCW and then the uh, bringing reality and mainstream media in, into the equation is having an effect on on the WWF, and we are slowly getting there. The opening match is an absolute banger. Um, the Paul Bearer um, and Mankind segment is just brilliant. Uh, the 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 four way missable. The the main event, yeah, it's, it, it is sad to watch. Uh, but all in all, I thought this was a a really well done episode of Raw. Mm-hmm. Now let me ask you this: we this episode was live. Do you think? making that corner and starting to do more live shows because at this point me, me and my, we 
my husband and I watched a lot yesterday. We've we've watched wrestling all weekend. We watched Night One of Fighter Fest. We watched SmackDown. We watched Money in the Bank since we had the Peacock anyway. Um, and then we watched Raw. Do you feel that having that live crowd, because he did mention, you know, at this point, Nitro and Thunder, or at the very least Nitro, because I don't think Thunder was a thing yet, um, was coming live every week. Do you think this live influx of fans versus the pre-records, you know, blocks that we were getting before make a huge difference in how the entire show comes off? Oh, without a doubt, I think live crowds are, are way better. Um, I mean, as we've gone through this, we've we've kind of noticed the same people in the same spots in the audience. Uh, we can tell when uh, things have been recorded kind of out of sync, um, and we can tell where WWE have kind of uh, had to book by the, by the seat of the pants uh, sometimes. So having a live element, yeah, I think that really works out. I don't think they fully commit yet because um, the, the next few episodes are still uh, recorded at this venue, Wheeling, West Virginia. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm excited <laughs> for when we do go fully live. Yeah. Oh, God. Um yeah, I, 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 would, I would tend to agree with Mags in that you you kind of there, – there's advantages and disadvantages to kind of being in those recording blocks where you're, you're in Virginia for a month and then you're in Pennsylvania and then you're in Tennessee and then so on and so forth, right? Obviously, your state station in one place, but you can record multiple episodes and then you know it, it makes it a little bit easier – um, as far as okay, we knocked out the tapings, and now we can just tour the country and 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 do more shows, make more money, right? That that makes sense. Um, but there was a dynamic change in the '90s as far as television and and specifically American television in that live TV is is the rage, right? Mm-hmm. Live TV yeah. is where it's at because it's, it's it's dangerous. Anything can happen on live TV. Uh, you know, and, and this is uh, when we get the rise of shows like Jerry Springer and and in you know, like the the shock and awe kind of television. Uh, whereas Raw, and not not just this episode specifically, but a lot of the episodes that we've watched in recent history have come across as a lot older than the time period that it actually takes place. A lot of it feels still very much stuck in the eighties. Mm-hmm. Um, so there were definitely evolutions that WCW was taking at this time that just weren't weren't on WWF's radar. Well, this is this is the reason I ask because you know we're finally you know as we know SmackDown had their first sh- not live show but live show with a crowd for the first time or WWE in general um, in seventy weeks. You know now. They could have easily, because of lockdown and everything, um, and the Thunderdome and whatnot, they could have easily gone back to this old formula of recording things in blocks and having things in the can, giving more people time off, this, that, and the other. But they didn't. They continued to do it live. And while they had virtual crowds, excuse you, I'm sorry, my dog B is. Do you have something to say? 
Hmm. Huh? What do you think about the live crowd? Do you <laughs> like the live ve- crowds? Very, very uh, astute observations. About, yes. Uh, but, but yeah, they could have they could have gone back to the pre-recorded stuff. They had the live virtual audience, and you know, a lot of the the f- crowd reaction, even though we had virtual audiences, was somewhat, if I'm not mistaken, piped in. And I'm 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 taking a little liberty with that because I hadn't I didn't really watch a whole. I don't know that I watch any of the Thunderdome stuff. I maybe caught one or two NXTs and that was, and that was very early on in the pandemic and that's it. Right. So I, I, I I don't know. It's, it's a different feeling. It's a completely different feeling when you have a live in-person crowd, even if it's not a full crowd versus the virtual or the pre-recorded blocks. Mm-hmm. And I think it lends itself to wrestling as a whole. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of that excitement is feeding. And, and I have a theater background. And so I've done a lot of live plays and stuff like that. And there, when you hear wrestlers talk about the pops and mm-hmm. that rush of adrenaline and the feeling that you get feeding off the crowd, like mm-hmm. I know what that feels like when you do something in a show and you get that audience reaction. Mm-hmm. And so it's just, it's different. It it mm-hmm. makes everything different. It makes the production different. It makes the feeling in the ring for the performers. It amps them up. And so I think, you know, if we were ever to have to go back, while, while I don't agree with a lot of the things that they did during pandemic and the way things were done, mm-hmm. I, I think... There were a lot of things, especially with AEW, even though it was the roster that they kept some live crowds and and tried to slowly bring them back the way that they did at Daly's Place. Just having pre-recorded and 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 that I, I just don't think it lends itself very well to wrestling. And I think because we started getting Nitro live, and because it forced WWE to go live. You know, I I think it was great for the business as a whole, and I would hate to see it go backward in any way. No, for for sure. And just to kind of also go off of what you've said, um, I I think that there is still the pop dynamic that you get here with the pre-recorded crowds. I mean, obviously, because they, they've got people in the arena, right? There's still people that are going to be there reacting to what's going on in the arena you know, when everything was taped, right? Um, I think that the the allure of doing it as being live um, almost is, it's not really for the crowd that's in attendance, it's for the people watching at home, in, in my view, where, where you're, you know, you're experiencing the same things that the people that are there in the arena. Like, like if, if there's a show in Wheeling, West Virginia, but I'm home in Austin, Texas, I'm watching this thing in West, in West Virginia at the same time as it's going on in the arena there. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you, it, it feels like you are part of that same collective. Everybody who's tuning in to watch wrestling is watching the same thing happen, seeing Stone Cold or Shawn Michaels or The Undertaker or uh, Mankind. Um, yeah, I, I, I think that the, the live crowd certainly is, is, is better. Um, AEW definitely themselves did a bunch of tape shows. They did a bunch of shows that were actually taped at Daly's place 
when you know when they had the wrestlers uh, at ringside being the the crowd, right? Um, but both of those options, either of those options, are ultimately going to be better than. Um, the, the, the no crowd at all. I think it, that was proved very early on in the pandemic that when you just have the shot of the ring and empty seats that have been curtained off, it's not a good look. Nobody's no. tuning in to watch that. And I think, especially with a fresh crowd, I, right. I think I think that's part of it too, is that when you have a crowd that's fresh, that hasn't been sitting there already for two and three hours, it not only helps, you know, our reaction at home and how we're, you know, interpreting the product and enjoying the product, but the performers themselves, mm-hmm. you know, once you've sat there for two hours and you've seen Stone Cold Steve Austin three times, don't get me wrong. I love Stone Cold Steve Austin and I will always be excited, but I'm not yeah. going to be as excited that third, fourth and fifth time that I've seen him in like three hours as I am the very first and second time that I see him. So I, right. I think that also has something to do with it. Yeah, that absolutely makes sense. And to kind of add more uh, kind of detail to, to both of, of your points, uh, the reason why we get, uh, there was a big play for, for, for live was because the TV companies wanted live content. They wanted um, um um, content that that hadn't been pre-taped, and that's why the SmackDown that uh, that we got all the way through the pandemic era was live because Fox insisted on it being live. The same with USA for uh, for Raw and NXT, and the the other kind of element to it is with taped shows, uh, and especially if you've got a, a virtual crowd there with with the the Thunderdome, there's always the kind of uh, the 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 potential that those results get spoiled i mean how 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 often do you see uh impact uh, tapings or even the the AEW tapings that happened uh, during the pandemic the results were put online as soon as they'd been finished taping because there's this massive race to be the first to report on anything uh, yeah, which yeah. Uh, it kind of spoils uh, a lot of uh, of of pre-taped wrestling so i think mm. that that uh alongside wcw really pushing for for our weekly live stuff uh is what essentially forced wwe's uh, wwf's hand at that time mm. unless we forget the uh, the whole um uh, mankind winning the title or that'll put butts on seats thing that that happened which mm. made hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people turn over to wf instantly um so that was uh when wwe was still canning episodes and and, and uh putting them out uh, WWE, uh wcw went through a phase of giving their results out so people didn't have to turn over and they could stay and watch uh, wcw and still be kept abreast of what was happening on wf programming um, right. so we're still kind of we're getting our feet wet in terms of live with the wf but we're still uh, a little way off from it being all the way live week in week out yeah well and and not to and 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 not to like you know get super off you know to the subject line here because i know we've been recording this for for quite some time but uh, since both mags and i are, are actually wearing tomaso champa shirts I, I do need to remind <laughs> the the listeners as well as mags here that uh, there was a a particular show nxt that was pre-recorded uh usually about in in month-long blocks uh and and people would report that mm-hmm. uh you know um well in advance 
so yeah, I mean, but that that still made NXT one of the hottest. Like, it wasn't the fact that it was pre-recorded that made NXT one of the hottest things. It was the action, but also the storytelling. So right. maybe maybe there is a certain give and take that pre-records have, where yes, you it might get spoiled. Yes, you might not have the crowd freshness, but maybe it helps organize and helps you tell the stories maybe in a in a fuller richer context that you want to i guess convey that message in I, I, and it builds possible. interest and yeah it, builds interest. it, it yeah. builds interest you know i'm one of those people that um i i try to avoid the spoilery type stuff because i'd rather be surprised and i'd rather find out after the fact than be spoiled because I, I'm the type of per- like my husband's the type of person where if if a movie's coming out he's going to go and read the whole synopsis and he's going to spoil it and everything for himself and that's fine I don't want that I want to be surprised I want to I like not knowing what's going to happen and if I feel like I already know even just a tiny morsel you know I, it's not going to encourage me to to tune in. Like for example, recently we had Malachi Black show up on AEW. If some they kept that so under wraps, it was amazing. And if I would have heard I think that's one of the few that if I'd have heard about beforehand, I probably would have tuned in, but there's other wrestlers currently that are potentially being spoilered that they may return to certain companies and this, that, and the other, or move companies. And, you know, I I try to, don't get me wrong, they do a wonderful job on reporting that and getting those scoops and props to them. But I'm, you know, if you tell me, oh, so-and-so's signed with such-and-such and and they'll be showing up here, eh, I don't know, you've already ruined the surprise. I I like the surprise. Like, throw me a surprise party. Yes, I'm 100% here for it. You know, that, I, I just that, that's the double edged sword of, of, of social media, though. Exactly. Um, but yeah. that's why I don't subscribe to to sites like that. Not because I don't want to support them, you know, and mm-hmm. what they're doing. I think they, they do a great job of, of getting that information. But just because I don't personally want to be spoilered, yeah. I, I'd rather have that excitement and keep that excitement. So. All right. Any final thoughts? Um, no, I think we've uh, we've done this show uh, to death. And um, again, like I said, I thought this was one of the the better roles that we've watched. Um, got me uh, kind of hyped for for what we're going to see in the rest of this uh, intercontinental tag team tournament, and also for uh, Championship Friday. <laughs> yes, I don't know if the Championship Friday is on. The Peacock app. We're going to have to investigate that and see yeah, what it, we can it, find it out. Is, it, it's the next episode of Raw. Uh, if you're uh, following on in uh, the timeline, it comes up as the sixth of September, nineteen ninety six episode. Nice. So in yeah. real life, there was a essentially a two weeks gap from this Raw to the next Raw. Uh, but yeah, we'll still be here next week to cover uh, the Championship Friday. Of course, we will be here for all your coverage needs. And uh, yeah, so uh, my good buddy Tanner, my buddy, my friend, my guy, my pal. How's it going? Where can, if people would like to see and hear and know more and interact with you, where can they find you? 
Well, well, first off, Corey, thank you so much for for hosting this wonderful episode. I think you did an, a fantastic Aww. job, and um, I had I, my physical therapy, so it helped. There you go. <laughs> uh, well, and I know that uh, you know doing doing the early morning episodes is is uh, a little bit of a grind if you don't have coffee, but I think you did a wonderful job. I, you know what? Um, I had a great cup of tea. Hmm, there you go. Um, you can find me on Twitter at TexasGentleman underscore, or more commonly, you can just go and hit up the uh, the Radio Techers, uh, you know, uh, Twitter handle, R-A-D-I-O-T-E-K-K-E-R-S. What is Radio Techers, you might ask? Well, what, what we do over at Radio Techers is coverage for uh, football, MMA, as well as pro wrestling uh, here with, uh, with myself, Mags, my friend Matt, uh, Simon uh, Powell has joined us now, uh, so we've got a, a collective going. This is very exciting. Things are heating up. Uh, we've got our own YouTube and Twitch pages that you can subscribe to as well. We please ask that you do that so you can get a whole heck of a lot more content. And I hear that this show might even get uh, maybe some live content headed towards that page as well. Maybe one day. Maybe one day. So make sure to uh, to subscribe there so that's uh, you know, if a change in attitude goes live, say Survivor Series or WrestleMania 13, you can get our live reactions there. Radio Tackers, go and check it out. There you go. And, uh, old Magsy. <laughs> it's almost Good old like Magsy. You, you forgot who I was then. Um, I, I could never. I could never. That's like trying to forget that Chris Evans is Captain America and has America's ass. Okay? No. Not a thing that's going to happen. Is, is that America's ass? You're that... darn right it is. Uh, I mean. Wow. I mean, <laughs> I'm British, not American, so that analogy doesn't really work for me. Captain, uh, but... Captain Britain. Is, yeah. Mags is Captain Britain. He... <laughs> What a horrible, horrible country to be captain of. The the oh. Peggy Carter to our uh, Captain America. That's go. what you are, Mags. Mm. So Britain's legs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Britain. <laughs> um, so you can find me on social media here. Well, you can't see it here, obviously. This is me recording in audio. But yeah. you can find me at... Yeah. Podfather Mags. I am heavily involved with uh, Radio Techers, as my good friend uh, Tanner there alluded to. We have uh, some amazing shows all over Twitch, all over YouTube. So definitely go and uh, check them out. I do five rounds on there with uh, my son Carlos. We cover live uh, reactions to UFC events. I'm also part of uh, the chain wrestling team there with Sa Powell. Uh, which is uh, doing great stuff live now. I also have multiple shows here on uh, on Chairshot with uh, with the the midweek uh, episode of Chain uh, of Chairshot Radio, and obviously this amazing show um, where you can find us on Twitter at ACIA Podcast. You can email us at a change in attitude podcast at gmail dot com to give us your thoughts, your opinions, your views on the shows that we are covering. So, yeah, come and get involved. Be like our friend Steve-O. Uh, watch along with us and give us your your input. Mm. He'll make you a podcast you can't refuse. <laughs> That's what he'll do. He's everywhere. He's everywhere. If you wake up with a horse head in your bed, then, then you've messed up. A horse head? 
A horse. Horse. Head. Horse. horse not whores. Did horse. You, did Did you ever watch Watch that movie? I knew the. I know. I knew the reference, but it was just yeah. the the Louisiana Sorry. accent. Sorry, my redneck accent messed that up for you. Well, well, Miss Ori, where can the good people on the Twitters find you and all your content, ma'am? Uh, most of my content is that was terrible. Yeah, that was that was uh, that was almost yeah, that was terrible. Apologies. Yeah. So you can find me on Twitter. At Oriona75, that's O-R-I-O-N-A-7-5. You can also catch me uh, definitely on Monday and Friday evenings over on Twitch at Oriona7. I have been doing some midday streams for all of my lovely UK people. So currently playing Final Fantasy XIV, trying to get through that very long grind to 50 um, with my dragoon, um, and that gets you through the first um, the first expansion, which actually was a reboot of the initial game, mm. um, a Realm Reborn. Apparently, the game was so bad that they just instituted a calamity, and that's what it's called in the game, where it wiped everything from the last five years. It entirely wiped it from people's memories. Nobody can really remember. They remember there's a big battle, and we lost a bunch of people, but that's all they remember. And so it picks up from there, and uh, gathering crystals and riding chocobos and, and all kinds of fun stuff. We go out and kill all the things and commit murder. That, that sounds like a weird way to watch someone play a football manager. It's not football manager. Yeah, I, not I hear you. You've, football you've manager. started managing Aston Villa. <laughs> she, I don't even know who that is. She's she's took Chesterfield to the Premiership. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. Uh, I was a big fan of her Sheffield United save. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> From okay. used to gold with Ori. <laughs> one day, one day, I'm going to get this game. Yeah. I'm going to get it, and I'm going to play it once. Just once. Get addicted to no, it. I'm and not. Play it all it's the time. not sport. I'm telling y'all, sports are not like I've I've tried playing Madden. It's not my thing. I, yeah. I and I love American football. I if. LSU or the Saints are playing, I'm watching it, except for last season because it was – I just couldn't. I just couldn't. Yeah. Um, but sports are – I'm not a big sports person outside of LSU and Saints football. I, it's, I like hockey, but I don't like watching it on TV. I'd rather be in the arena watching it live. It's just not – basketball, yeah. Baseball, same way. I'd rather be in the stadium watching it live. But so, all I heard from that is that you were going to be soon streaming NHL 2K22. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> I need that. Okay, so please go to thechairshot.com. Purchase a T-shirt at prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot so that proceeds can go towards Mags getting a hearing aid because apparently he's losing it. Or, or maybe a, a neurology appointment. He's lost I, I, I am definitely in need of that second one. 
Although I will say, I did actually go to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot and got chairs. There's actually a chair shot 316 shirt, and I have that on the way. Awesome. So I'm I'm kind of, I still think we need to do uh, ACIA 316 says meh. (laughs) I think that would be a great shirt. Greg, make that t shirt happen. Greg, Mm. do it. Do it. Mm. All proceeds go to Max Hearing Aid. mean very mean <laughs> oh so that's gonna do it for us this week on a change in attitude thank you so much for coming along for the ride and we will see you next week right here on the chair shot where we love to remind you to always use your head Chairshot.com. Always use your head. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.